This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to another Wonder of Parenting podcast. My name is Tim Wright, your host for the program, along with Dr. Michael Gurian, the man with the wisdom. Michael, good to have you with us today. Thank and, you. And uh, we, we've got a great topic here uh, for all of you sleep-deprived parents and grandparents and uh, those of you having a hard time getting your kids to sleep. We're going to spend some time talking about sleep, uh, asked by one of our parents. And uh, before we do that, though, uh, again, we want to tell you how glad we are to have you listening to the Wonder of Parenting podcast. Uh, we want to encourage you to go to our website, wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. You will find several different links, one of them to our sponsors, the Center of Place of Hope up in the Seattle area, where they do great work, and we've talked about them a lot. And if you ever need uh, a starting point for dealing with some of the difficult issues in life, that's a great place to start. And uh, Greg Jantz has written some wonderful books on just about every topic you can think of when it comes to our emotional well-being. Uh, we also have links to, of course, Michael's great books and other resources that we've both published and I want to also encourage you, if you'd like, to join our Facebook group. And uh, it's just fun. I I saw again this week, we had uh, one of the parents wrote in and said, can anybody help me with this issue? And to see the parents respond to that has been great. So encourage you to to check that out, wonderofparenting.com. And then Facebook, you just do a search on Wonder of Parenting. So, Michael, we're going to talk about sleep, and I'm wondering if we maybe need to just modulate our voices <laughs> and uh, talk like that uh, guy at 2 o'clock in the morning. And uh, if, I, if I had the technology, I'd put some relaxation music in. And if nothing else, the parents could just relax for the next 15, 20, 25 minutes. Uh, of course, I may put us both you, to sleep if I do you that. You have so. a great voice for that. You should do radio. <laughs> I, I should, yeah. Um, so here's the question from our friend Lulu. And it's such a good one, and and we're going to build on the question, of course, because this is pretty specific to her, but we want to talk about this issue, sleep, uh, from a lot of different facets. She says, I'm a mom mom of two beautiful girls, ages two and almost a one-year-old. And and if she's getting any sleep as a mom, good for her. Uh, That's that's just great. I'm having a hard time with sleep training my almost one-year-old. Yes, she is still breastfeeding, and we're working on stopping the breastfeeding. However, my child still manages to wake up every two, sometimes three, uh, every two to sometimes three times during the night. Unfortunately, she shares a room with her older sister, so I cannot let her cry it out without disturbing her older sister. I feel like when the little one does wake up, she feeds for about a minute and then falls back to sleep. Is there anything I can do during the day to help her sleep better during than that? And now I'm going to guess that Lulu is not alone especially when it comes to young children and, uh, you know, the baby or the one-year-old sleeping with the two or the three or the four-year-old and and even the four-year-old waking up and, and those kinds of issues. So, uh, Michael, let's just start a little bit with her specific question and training our, our newborns into one to two years old to sleep. And then we'll expand from that and talk about some of the other issues that our kids at various ages go through with their sleep. 
Well, yeah, I'm, and I want a, a few caveats here. Caveat one: I'm not a sleep expert, right? I'm a I'm a gender expert, um, and in my child development expertise, I don't have a sleep study. I know a little bit, which I'm going to share, um, but not an expert in it. And number two, the second caveat is that um, uh, for everyone who's having these issues, just know that it does get better <laughs> that you know we, we're going to give strategies and talk about it and at the same time time is going to fix this as well uh the kids are going to start sleeping so for this one i'm gonna i'm gonna break it apart and say number one if she's if if it isn't a choice to let her cry it out with her sister then it's possible maybe probable that she's going to need to stay with mom until this fixes itself uh, since so obviously in mom's bed or in a bassinet right next to mom or in some structure right next to mom uh, so that there can be just a quick uh, you know quick breast a minute goes by the child goes back to sleep um, because she can't really practice what is what is appropriate depending on how the parents see it their perspective it is appropriate to at least try letting a one-year-old uh, cry it out it, that's an age when you can try it you know, and each parent will have to follow their own gut instinct, but you can try it then, but you can't try it in this case because there's a sister there. So let's say there were no one else in the room. Um, I would try it, and that's about when we tried it with our kids, uh, but they didn't share a, a, a room. So that would handle that piece. Um, where should we go from there? Yeah, uh, you know, it, it sparked a second question for me. Okay. Um, one of the concerns that some parents have is how long should you allow your children to sleep with you? And, of course, that varies from culture to culture. Yep, it does. A and, um, you know, here in the United States, we, we really kind of place a high premium on sort of getting those kids uh, sleeping on their own, sleeping through the night uh, sooner rather than later when it comes to other cultures. So what's kind of your perspective, brain perspective on that issue? Yeah, there's a lot of actually really great research, and of course people can access it. Um, great research studying this. I think that that um, your point about cultures is important. So, like, we lived in India for two years. Uh, I mean, there there are what hundreds of millions of kids in India who who don't stick to that rule. In other words, their parents they're just sleeping near their parents until they get to the point where. You know they're going to sleep the night, and then they may go into another room. Um, so, so yeah, m much of the world doesn't have a problem with this. Um, at the same time, I live in the U.S. Gail and I live in the U.S. We followed sort of our good attachment research that we had when we were raising our kids, um, and uh, at about a year, a year old, or when Gail thought it was appropriate, we started putting each of our daughters, uh, you know, alone in a room. And let them cry, but we, depending on their youth, you know, we didn't let them cry very much, um, and and we tried various. People will know about Ferber, all the various methods, easy to access. Uh, they give guidelines, and then you just sort of try it. And if your gut is saying, "Oh no, it's too much suffering," then then you just take a month off from it, you know, allow the child to sleep in your bed, and then try it again. I think the worry for people is if they're four, five, six years old. You know what I mean? I mean, I think that that probably is too long, and I wouldn't do that. Um, I think it could raise other issues later that we can talk about, possibly. But at one-year-old, one-and-a-half years old, I don't see any problem with it. The mother and the child are incredibly bonded, and the attachment and the bond during that time frame, that first two years of life, I mean, that's just so good for the brain that um, – 
that if, if it's harming the attachment, it's harming the bond, then let the child be with you. Now, there's another bond that matters, of course, which is the spouse. And so this has to be negotiated. And one of the reasons that that um, the methods exist for, okay, as soon as possible, separate the child from the mom into another room. One of the reasons those exist is the, the adult bond, um, right? So that the dad isn't go going to sleep somewhere else um, when the child is sleeping with mom. And that's a very important bond. So that's why this has to be moderated. And it can't just be, you know, the first year or so, it's just whatever mom is feeling. But after, in terms of the child sleeping in the bed, but after that, when there's an opportune time, this has to become a conversation because we don't want to lose the father-mother bond. Uh, so I think that's really the, it shouldn't matter to people if the child is in the bed and the child is under two years old, let's say, year and a half. But if it's harming the adult bond, then watch out. Right. So uh, let's let's put the breastfeeding aside for a moment and, and sort of look at Lulu's question um, because there are there are some uh, moms who choose not to breastfeed or can't breastfeed, and of course, their their spouse, let's say dad in this instance, uh, can help out do the breast uh, the, uh, the the feeding bottle, yeah. uh, the bottle during the uh, the evening or the, the night times. So so Lulu's child there. Uh, so let's say that Lulu and her her spouse bring the child in the one year old into their room, and the baby cries. Um, and and it seems to settle down quickly with a um, uh, you know a little breastfeeding and goes right back to sleep. So two questions come to my mind: um, pacifiers, and should even if the child is in the room, should she try uh, letting the child cry it out for a while before instantly going to feed her? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, pass. Uh, the second one first. Uh, yeah, I think you should try anything. I don't. There's no hard and fast rule on that. I mean, if the if her instinct is, hmm, you know, kind of citizen science. If I want to be a scientist here and see what works, uh, I'm going to try letting her cry for a few minutes. At a certain point, that's going to be hard on my ears, and I'm going to bring her to my breast or give her a bottle. Um, but I'm going to try that, and then and and. So I don't think it's going to be five minutes. I mean, I think if she's right there three feet from us, it's probably just going to be um, a minute or two. And that that will be experimental. In terms of the pacifier, uh, yeah, the pacifier is fine. The uh, Every child will be weaned of a pacifier at a certain point. Every family needs to make a decision on what that point is. And, and um, a lot of good research out there. Uh, I certainly wouldn't say there's a hard and fast rule on a certain day to do it. Um, when our kids reached that point, we were pretty firm about it, you know, and it only took them a little while to adjust. Um, 
maybe a week. I, I mean, it's been a long time ago, so I don't remember exactly how much, but it wasn't, it, it was painful at first and then it was over and they adjusted to it. Uh, if pacifiers go on too long, people may know, you know, it can cause harm to teeth yep. and it's not, and jaw, and it's not, and, it's, and then it's not just about that. It's also about them developing, you know, independence and being able to self-soothe without the pacifier. Um, and then, and then in terms of the dad and the bottle, if the, if the child is on the, on a bottle and the dad can take the child out of the room into another room and, and use the bottle and the child, you know, uses the bottle and then a minute later falls asleep, that actually can be beautiful, uh, for dads because they, you know, mom can get some sleep. Dads fall asleep on the couch with the baby, uh, kind of, you know, on their chest, um, or in their arms and everyone's falling asleep. And that's really good bonding too. So, um, you know, that I'm glad you brought that up. I, I do remember doing that sometimes with our kids. That was great bonding for father and child. Now, I, I want to move uh, to uh, some of the different age uh, periods in, in, in our kids' lives and, and sleep, uh, especially I want to focus a bit on our teens and school mm-hmm. schedule and so on. But let's talk a little bit about parents. You know, when I see at church, for example, uh, new parents, and, you know, I'll, I'll jokingly see when was the last time you slept and and you know they're they're both parents are sleep deprived and you're right there'll come a day when that ends probably when their kids are out of the house and have their own kids (laughs) does it end then (laughs) yeah yeah Um, yes you know because now now you've got that 16 year old you're waiting for him to come home right (laughs) Uh, but you know your sleep patterns change but what are some things that parents can do now you know for single moms this is a whole different or single dads this is a whole different deal um, but how can uh, couples complement each other in terms of helping each other get some sleep and uh, uh, and kind of get some sanity back into their schedule? Yeah, if if both people are sleep deprived and it's uh, affecting uh, one person's work is usually where the where the big problem is, um, then they have to create a program because they have to figure out a way for that person who has to leave the home. So if we have a stay at home, um, mom or dad, and the other person is going away and that person is really sleep deprived. Um, that's one thing to put in the thinking cap. Like that can, that can be a big problem. Um, you, you always assume, uh, that, that both or one are going to be sleep deprived for the first, you know, whatever year, this depends on the child. If the child's colicky more than, more than a year, year or two, you know, you know, you're going to be sleep deprived, but you also know that there's a lot of hormonology that, that saves our butts on this. Um, both males and females, especially females get washes of hormones, um, uh, pregnancy and birth and those hormones last and that mommy brain that we talk about is a brilliant brain the hormones last the neurochemistry lasts and so she's doing a lot even though sleep deprived and and he's doing a lot even though sleep deprived so the hormones help us our brains help us uh, but one we gotta we gotta make sure to protect whoever would be in the most danger in terms of job issue job productivity even even driving off the road um, uh, and then Two, we create bargains, and so this is common among couples that, you know, at a certain point, one of the people will say, okay, I can't take it anymore, (laughs) you know, I'm going to sleep over in that other room, and you are staying here in this room with this child, and that's, that's great too, you know, that, that has to be a program they work out, excuse me, with each other to protect them both, uh, and get the low-hanging fruit, protect the low-hanging fruit, you know, 
first. If a child is, um, if it's obvious that a child is affecting both of their sleep and there's a solution, like, um, you know, grandma or grandpa, or they listen to this podcast, right. let's say, and there's a solution, uh, they should take that solution. You know, so if the solution is let the baby cry, uh, let the toddler cry in the other room, let's try that for a week or two, that could, you know, could make it so this child sleeps the night, then try it. You know, if there's a solution, try it, because there isn't going to be harm to that child in trying one of these solutions. Um, and, of course, with grandparents and so on, if they can watch the child, this is going to be more toddler years, um, get sleep for the couple. Uh, because sleep deprivation is, it, it, it is a big deal. It, mm -hmm. it really is. And we want to support all those couples who are having it. Yeah. And I, I again, I, I think about what you just said with, uh, say, grandparents or uncles or aunts, who particularly if you've got, uh, you know, you've got a mom who's on her own, um, or let's say you've got a mom or a dad and the other spouse really has to work long hours and there's just no option uh, to have somebody come in and spell you. Uh, and love on your child and let you sleep for a while can really be helpful. And, um, and that's why you talk so much about the importance of having uh, these, these circles of families and relationships around our children to help us through that whole process. Yeah, because that's how we all used to do it. Um, all of these concepts, we all being all of our relatives, whatever person is listening to this, whatever is the race, wherever continent they come from, you know, that it really doesn't matter. All of our ancestors... Uh, raised kids in in these three family systems, and so they were they were taking care of the kids while taking care of the adults and dividing the labor, and um, and it's okay. It's really okay to do that. Sometimes we have to give, especially moms, permission, or or if it's a single dad, then dads permission to to you know let go on this yep. and be okay with it, uh, just to protect oneself. So I have uh, uh, one of uh, we, we've got five grandkids, ages ten down to four, and uh, one of my grandsons uh, has a uh, he's six now. Uh, sleep doesn't always come easy for him, and um, uh, I know for uh, times when we have overnights with the grandkids, of course they're all amped up anyway. But uh, we just had one uh, again where uh, it was a. Um, it was the night before one of our Christmas Eve services uh, back not too long ago, and I had to sleep, and I had the two boys in the room with me, and uh, my little grandson, he goes to sleep with a Calm app, which usually helps him, mm -hmm. and um, he he listened to 30 minutes of it, and then he, he got up. He says, Grandpa, I, I need to hear it again. I said, okay, let's try another one, and he said, but I'm hungry, and I said, well, uh, kitchen is closed, so he starts crying. So at that point, I just say, okay, come with me. And I take him into grandma's room. I said, grandma, I'm sorry, but I have to sleep. And uh, that's sort of the bargain that she and I have. Uh, you know, if it's a work, if it's the night before work and the grandkids are, are over and they're not sleeping, then she knows that she's going to be responsible for sleeping with them if they don't sleep. But the call map, uh, for those who aren't familiar with it, um, is an ingenious app that has all kinds of sleep aids for all ages. And one of the things that my, my grandson enjoys listening to are the kid time stories. They go about 30 minutes. They're very calming, soothing voice. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, he nods off usually to them. Uh, what other techniques can parents use when their kids are moving into six, seven, eight years old and they're not d doing well with sleeping? Well, uh, one thing I would watch for is are they, what are they looking at 
mm-hmm. for that hour before? What yep. are they doing that hour before? Um, you know, it used to be people would say, well, you you were playing with this child um, roughly or, you know, rough housing, rough and tumble and revving the child up and yep. therefore the child didn't fall asleep. And I, I think that is something to watch for, definitely. Um, but children, you know, five or 10 minutes after, if they're going to, if, if they have a sleep cycle that they're in, five or 10 minutes after the rough housing, you know, usually they'll fall asleep. Um, the thing that will, that, that is the artificial thing that will mess it up the most would be digital. If they're looking into screens, that's something we should stop an hour before. And, um, and especially if kids have any kinds of sleep issues, got, want to get everyone to to look at that research and say, oh, you know, if they look into that screen, it fools the brain into thinking it's light outside. This is a very simple way to explain it. There's a nucleus, the suprachiasmatic nucleus, and it's kind of a lot of what handles sleep. And, um, you know, it just revs back up. So all the melatonin and all the things you need to fall asleep, you know, they're not going to get stimulated. So... That's one thing I would say. Another thing I would say is um, unless you have one of those kids who sleeps anywhere, anytime, (laughs) I think it's really important to set sleep cycles for kids starting very early Hmm. while they're breastfeeding or while they're bottle. You know, that's going to be too early. But at a certain point, um, well, you can still try it then, but you you may not have success yet because they're on their own cycle. But um, at a certain point, year and a half, two, two and a half, whenever it happens for your child, it's really important to set the cycle. So they go to bed at eight o'clock. You know, let's say that's the cycle. And then and then they'll wake up. And this is going to depend on the family. Like, when does the family have to wake up and all of that? Um, but but eight o'clock is a good one to shoot for. At the outside, I'd say nine, but I'd like to see, you know, closer to eight if you have a three, four, five-year-old. And they just are in that cycle. So they always go to bed at that time, give or take five minutes. And then you have your rituals, and those rituals actually help them mm-hmm. to go to sleep. Like you read to them, as you know. Um they read a book for 15 minutes. As they get older, they can read to us. Um, you know, they have those rituals, and let's say those rituals are over by 8.30, and then the lights are off, and they're going off to sleep. And on a given night, they may have trouble, but generally, having that cycle is the is the most foolproof way of setting the tone for kids uh, to to be, to be able to go to sleep and to be good sleepers. And then if they're not, then you're dealing with something else, right? You're looking at some right. other clinical condition or something else we have to talk about. But that's the f- most foolproof way to do it and start it really young. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Does diet impact sleep as well? Oh, I, I absolutely think so. I mean, if kids are eating 
so to watch, see if it, uh, see if it does impact. Um, some kids, if they eat chocolate at night, it's going to affect them, right? It has some caffeine in it. Uh, other kids doesn't affect them. So, okay, you know, not every kid is the same, but chocolate's one to watch for. Eating a really big meal, you know, at 745 mm-hmm. and then trying to go to sleep at 8, probably problematic. And in part because the child's going to wake up an hour later to pee, you know. Uh, so drinking a big bottle of water and then going to sleep, not a great idea. So watching for diet, yes, that's important. Now, teenagers seem to have a different sleep cycle than the rest of us. They do, yeah. And uh, I know that there has been a lot of discussion recently about trying to match a school schedule with the sleep patterns of high school kids or junior high kids. A lot of schools start really early in the morning, and our, our teens don't seem to function well that early in the morning. So what's going on in our teenagers and their sleep patterns that seems to change when they move into puberty and adolescence? Yeah, the hormonology, right? The brain is changing, and of course the hormones are changing and flooding, and um, it affects sleep cycles. So it affects when melatonin wants to work. Uh, it's not surprising for kids... Uh, already some by 11, 12, if they're hitting early puberty, but certainly into puberty. Not surprising that in adolescence, um, if they want to stay up later, and then, and of course, they want to wake up later, because we want to remember, we want them to be getting nine hours of sleep, real nine hours. That would really be best for their brains. If they can get 10, great, you know, but seven at 14 is probably too little. And, um, uh, whereas nine is good. Now everyone has to adapt. Sometimes kids are working, you know, anything can happen. But in general, that's what we're shooting for. So if they are, uh, to your point about school, if they have to get up to get an early bus and they have to get up at six or 6.30, um, their sleep cycle at 14, let's say, is saying, I don't want to go to bed till midnight. So now they're getting six hours. So we as parents have to protect them. We have to uh, it, until we can change the school system, um, or if we're just stuck, you know, we're in a rural area and we've got a bus and we got to make it, or there's athletics in the morning. That's often, often happens. There's athletics or band is in the morning, right? And that starts at seven. So if any of these things are going on, then we, we have to force them to go to sleep. So let's take a 14 year old, you know, we'll just have to say, okay, on school nights, this is it. And then on weekends, your reward is right. You can go to bed at midnight, but on school nights, you got to go to bed at 10, no devices starting after nine. And that's just how our family does it, <laughs> you know? Right. And that is it. There are no, no questions about it. Um, because here's why, and we show them the research, and we say sleep is so important. Uh, we want to watch for kids can kids without enough sleep. You know, they will they will start. Uh, so adolescents, they'll start doing badly in school. Mm-hmm. They'll their mood their moods are already going to shift some because of hormones, but their mood shifts will be worse. Uh, we can see more depression. We can see more anxiety. And we don't realize that one of the factors in it is actually the sleep. They're not getting enough sleep. That's just how important sleep is to yeah. mood and to brain development. So I'm, I'm guessing that one of the things that we would want to teach our children as they uh, get to ages 8, 9, and 10, and 11 are those good routines for preparing themselves for sleep at night, whatever those habits, those traditions, those routines, those rituals are, so that as they move into the teen years, they can at least bring some of those with them. Because at, at some point, our uh, we as parents have limited ability to make our kids go to sleep, but we do want to uh, give them every opportunity to learn how to sleep well. Yeah. Yeah. Set these sleep cycles and routines early. 
that's the like some of the best advice I can give. Just set them up when the kids are young. Explain to the kids why, although the kids will actually enjoy sleeping. But set them up. Uh, make sure it's a part of the value system of the family. It's a part of the developmental system of the family. And and then, you know, if, if, if something outside invades, like they have to work or something, then we adjust. But otherwise, they just get in a routine and they want it. They want the sleep. They don't, you know, they, they're so glad that we right. helped create that structure for them. Um, uh, and they'll value sleep, which is a lot of what we want them to value once they become independent. Uh, we want them to carry forward this sort of inner sense, even if it's unconscious when they're 25. Oh, oh, wait a minute. I'm not getting enough sleep. I know what it was like to get good sleep. I need to get good sleep, you know, so that it's a value for them because it's crucial for their brain development and their brain use at 25 and at 30 and at 35. So when you talk about, uh, and this is a little off topic, but you talk about staying away from screens, uh, and I, I know some of it has to do with the light and so on. Um, things like e-readers, um, and Kindle, for example, are those okay for our teens to use as they're trying to read to go to bed? Yeah, reading, of course, is the best thing um, of all of the screen use. A lot of the screen use, of course, is the light, and then a lot of it is the stimulation. They're watching YouTube. They get stimulated. They're mm-hmm. trying to decrease that. Um and but but you're right with reading, uh, so reading on a Kindle that's the least harmful in the sense of harming their sleep. And uh, those Kindles, a lot of those devices have a dimmer. You know they yep. they can make it sleep um, sleep ready, and and so let's get those for them uh, because reading again it's a great ritual before bed and they'll do that when they're 50 they'll read before bed you know and then drift off to sleep that is reading is great so let's just set it in the way so that it doesn't invade the melatonin so very quickly you said uh, about nine to ten hours uh, adolescents need for sleep how about elementary age school kids uh yeah s- similar okay. i mean like nine to ten hours uh it'd be great <laughs> Well, I'd love to see adolescents get more, but they're not going to. Oh, and your thing right. on school, that is yep. so, so important. If we ever had a Gurian school, you know, or a uh-huh, Gurian right. right school, yep. uh, you know, I would definitely have that school start at like nine. Yeah. I've uh, noticed for high some, school. some of the schools around here have been starting, uh, you know, in the eight o'clock hour now versus the seven o'clock hour, which is great. It's great progress. Um, and there has been a lot of discussion about that in, in certain scholastic circles, which is great. Um, but you know, it, it creates challenges on the other end, of course, when you've got sports activities and so on, on the other end of the school system. So there's just a lot to think through, but the big point is we can control as parents, what we can control. And that's helping our kids build good patterns for sleep and getting some sleep ourselves as parents. Yep. Well said. So parents, we want to invite (laughs) you now to just quietly turn off your podcast and have a good night's sleep and join us next week. Thank you. Thank you. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.